This is Dan O'Donnell back again for more SEO thoughts, your host for SEO and UFOs, the podcast that explores the unknown realm of SEO myths through testing and insights that go beyond your typical blog posts or Facebook groups. Today, let's dive right in with an idea that I continually hear from SEO agencies and in common SEO groups on Facebook, Reddit, or even in a few article comments that I recently saw in Search Engine Journal. For the most part, we can break down SEO into a few different disciplines. We have on-page site edits, edits to the content or structure of web pages. We have link building, my favorite topic of discussion. We have page authority, internal links, and some will argue that EEAT signals are valuable. EEAT, of course, stands for experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. We can also look at page traffic and click-through rate as potential ranking signals. There are a lot of potential signals that Google could be looking at for ranking sites. There are hundreds of attributes that are valuable for ranking pages. To simplify the discussion, we can look at on-page, off-page, linking, and authority. As we look at potential ranking signals, we should always ask a few questions before investing in the time and effort to optimize a site for that specific signal. Does Google pay attention to that signal and why would they care? We often see Google file patents for potential ranking ideas. But just because Google files a patent, it does not mean that they are implementing that idea or strategy into their ranking algorithm. Some of the patents that Google files are very interesting. They are often really smart and could increase the relevancy of search results. But just because Google has an idea, it does not mean that it can be implemented into current search models. Can an idea be implemented on billions and billions of web pages and easily be measured to adjust search results? Just because an idea is amazing, implementing it and having the bandwidth to incorporate another signal into the search algorithm may not be cost effective for Google. Remember, they have a very impressive algorithm running right now, one that makes them a lot of money. And as the dominant search engine in the world, clearly users are happy. Is it worth the cost and effort to incorporate another signal? How many signals are they testing and keeping track of right now? Most SEO agencies will suggest that there are around 1,000 different page attributes that Google scans for. Would adding more signal change the face of search and is it worth Google spending the resources? The next question that we need to ask, is that signal easily measured and is it a signal that can be applied to all web pages? An algorithm is math. So in order for Google to change its algorithm and incorporate an additional factor into its equation, it has to be measurable and something that can be measured with a numeric value. Does a website make a user happy? Well, that is hard to measure and hard to attach a quantitative value to. Does a website offer helpful content? Well, what is helpful? What is helpful to one person can either be over the head of another person or be considered low-level content by another. How can an equation measure what is helpful and what isn't? I have theories on this that we can save for another day, but as you personally flesh out this idea of what helpful content is, 
realize that it has to be something measurable and measured in either a percent, a yes or no factor, or rated with a numeric value. This factor also needs to be measurable on all web pages. The idea of Google tracking authors across the web and giving credit to content with an author's signature has been floated around the web over the past few years. On many levels, I like this idea, but if Google started using authorship as a ranking factor, how would that apply to all web pages? Would businesses need to add an author to every service page? If Google rewarded authorship, site owners would add author data to everything. A site page from a dry cleaner listing. A few bullet points about cleaning jackets would require an author for it to be fully optimized. Each product description in a 60,000 product catalog would need an author to be optimized. What about pages that just show images or video? You would want to add an author on those pages also to get full credit from Google. What about sites that show real estate listings from the MLS? What author should go on those pages to help them rank in a competitive market? Adding an author attribute may not be measurable when you look at all types of web pages. The idea is great, but when you pull back and look at the variables necessary for Google to track, evaluate, and measure a new ranking factor, they can get very complex. But let's get back to our original discussion about the most common mistake I see in SEO. Speaking of numeric values and Google search results, the biggest mistake I see in SEO is people who take the number one ranking site and use it as a model to edit their own page. They do this with on-page edits and copying site structure to mimic what the number one ranking web page has. The process goes something like this. A website is ranking number one for a targeted keyword on a search result. I just need to simply copy what they are doing for content length, keywords, and headers, and follow their lead. If they are ranking number one, then all that I need to do to also rank number one is copy what they are doing. I understand this thought process, and naturally we hold the number one site as our standard and model, as we also want to be number one. Page Optimizer Pro, Surfer SEO, and with AI, there are many other sites that try to scan top ranking pages and feed SEO's data to optimize their site just like the Yib one ranking page. Simply copy what the best is doing. Honestly, all of these analysis tools are powerful, especially for someone like me who has been doing SEO for over 15 years. All of this data that these programs can generate within seconds would take you days to manually accurate several years ago. But let's say that my web page is sitting at a number nine ranking spot for a Google search query. Naturally, you would think that the content on my page is worse than the number one, number two, or number three pages. But this is not necessarily the case. There are other factors that do not show up in these analysis programs. I could use the metrics and add the suggested keywords and make the page structure changes that they suggest. But what if my content is better than the top site? Maybe my link portfolio is weak. Maybe I don't have enough internal links or supporting content on my site. Maybe there is a minor factor penalizing my site. Or maybe there are multiple things reducing the page rank that have nothing to do with page content or structure. 
typically the number one ranking website does not have the best content. They just have deeper pockets for buying links or creating more content for their site. How can you trust that the site that you are copying keywords, LSI and site structure from is really the content that you want to copy? Just because they rank number one does not mean that they are the page that you want to mimic. Oftentimes, using common software for analysis can hurt a site more than help it. I spoke at the SEO Rockstars conference in Las Vegas a few years ago. I talked about how I use several of these analysis tools. I made the suggested edits that they recommended adjusting page structure and adding recommended keywords. Two weeks later, my site dropped 20 ranking slots. How can that be? I won't mention which software I used, but when you do enough research, you can quickly see that these tools are leaving out many site attributes that Google is looking for. The number one ranking page usually has not been optimized well, and SEO companies typically copy what the top ranking competitors have done. It is a cycle of bad SEO where the blind are leading the blind. They all use the same software. Everyone falls in line behind the top ranking site to copy their methodology, page structure, and content. But just because a web page is ranking number one, it doesn't mean that it is the page that Google really likes. It just means that it is the best of the worst pages online. The bar is not set at what the number one site is doing. The bar is set with better data. This data can't come from scans of top ranking pages for a single keyword. This data has to come from data across the entire web. You can't understand how an algorithm works or changes with a small set of data. During my Rockstars presentation, I talked about canceling all of my monthly software packages, cleaning the slate, and starting over to look at what Google really wants on a web page. I was lost in irrelevant data that did not correlate with logic or with better Google ranking. I was playing whack-a-mole with adding header tags and keywords to pages without understanding how an entire page flows or creates authority. After deleting all of my software, I started fresh with the Google NLP API. I wanted to look at how Google was scoring content, what entities it was pulling out of content, and the categories it was putting pages into. This is the basic idea behind how math can analyze a web page and understand how content can have numeric values that an algorithm can quantify. With this idea and looking at content through a different lens, we can create our own content that is far better than a number one ranking page. We can deliver content that is far more robust than something created by copying the top ranking pages. As an agency owner, my agency is only as good as the data that I have to make educated campaign decisions with. I encourage SEO marketers to push the bar higher, take data to another level, and really look at how Google is scoring web pages. This is it for today. Tune in next week when we look at metrics from top analysis programs. Keep looking for UFOs and SEO anomalies.